as believers, we need to understand what God means when it comes to love and how we should walk when it comes to love. So before I start, I want to read this story here. It says, the sad story is told of a preacher's son who rebelled and pursued the ways of the world with reckless abandon. He got involved with drugs and wouldn't often, and he would often stumble into the house in such a drunken state that he could barely recognize his parents. Determined to love him, no matter what he did, their hearts were broken, and the pastor was on the verge of resigning his church. The boy stumbled in early one morning around 3 a.m., drunk, with matted hair, which hadn't been washed in days. His mother slipped into his room so as not to awaken him. The pastor awakened and found his wife sitting on the floor beside her son's bed, gently stroking his matted and crusty hair. She quietly prayed for him and then looked up at her husband and explained, he won't let me love him when he's awake. There, this is the only chance I have, love. There is no substitute. Now, how many have experienced that some people, it can be very difficult to love them. Sometimes their attitude or some things they do to you, you just don't want to be bothered with the person and it's just better for you to just cut them off and that's it, don't have to deal with it, and then go on about your business. But how many know that God doesn't operate like that? God's love is an unconditional love that goes beyond anything that we can ever do. So it doesn't matter what we've done in life, God would never cut us off because his love is unconditional. So I want to start our message in 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you guys to kind of put your, um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and put your finger there because we're going to be turning back and forth from 1 Corinthians 13. Um, but let's go there. 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to be reading from the NIV version of the Bible. Now, they make these things to be faster, but just, I could turn to it faster than this. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, that sounds like a bunch of noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I, might, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I'm going to stop right there. Now, we just saw a whole bunch of things there. We saw speaking with other tongues. We saw prophecy. And over the course of the weeks, Pastor Will has been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, praying in other tongues, gifts of healing, uh, the word of prophecy. He's been teaching us about that. But I wanted you to notice something here. He said, if I don't have love, all those things don't make a difference. I can be the, world, the world's greatest preacher, and if I don't have love, nothing that I'm saying really matters because it's not founded on the foundation that it should be founded on. If I'm a person that can prophesy and give a good word, but I don't have love, it doesn't matter what I'm saying because it's not founded on what God, the principle of love that God has founded. 
it on. Everything that God does, everything he's done for us is founded on that one very thing, and that is love. So it doesn't matter if I seek to be the most, you know, some of us, we have this thing where I got to get more anointing. You know, I got to get in my prayer closet so I get a greater anointing, a greater anointing. But the issue is not getting anointing. The issue is check your love walk. How's your walk, love walk when it comes to everybody else? Are you up on stage just to have a platform so everybody can see you? Or are you up here because you actually love people? Because this is the thing. If you don't have love in the inside of you and you get up and minister to people, guess what? This is going to get very tired very quick. It's going to get tired very quick because everybody's not going to agree with what you have to say. Sometimes they're going to say, well, I could have prophesied a little better than they did. Or I could have sung a little better than they did because everybody feels like they can do things. But if you don't have love, it doesn't matter because what you're doing is just it's just making noise. Like you said, it's like clanging cymbals. So we have to understand that love is the very thing that God that moves God. It's the very thing that God moved on. And I'll go ahead and read some more of this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. Love never fails. Now, as I get into my message here, we talked about the spiritual gifts, and they're all founded on love. God gave us spiritual gifts so that we all can come into the unity of the faith in the body of Christ. How many know that we are all part of one body? We're not multiple bodies. We're not walking around trying to uh, mesh with each other. We're one body already. So therefore, if you don't love your neighbor, you ultimately are not loving yourself. And if you don't love yourself, then, you know, you know, they have a place for that in psychology. So we have to understand that when we love each other, it's, it's, it's exuding the love of God towards the world. Now, he said one thing he said here, he said love is patient. Now, I want you to understand this before I go to that. Go to John 13. And I'm going to read verse 34. And he says that Jesus is speaking here. And he says, a new command I give you. Now, this is interesting to me already at start. Like, a new command I give you. Not that they didn't have a whole bunch of other commands to follow. He said, I'm going to give you a new command. Because obviously, the ones you're doing, it can be summed up in this one. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The best way you can demonstrate some Jesus to somebody else is your love walk. The best way somebody can see the God on the inside of you is how you treat them and how you walk in love with them. It's not about how many scriptures you can quote. It's not about how many prayers you can pray, how loud you can pray. It's not about all of that. It's based on how you can love this person and how they can seek God on the inside of us. A lot of people say Christianity has a bad rep because the first thing we do is we preach to you and then we talk about you right afterwards. 
And that is not the love of God because God does not do that. God don't tell you to fix something and then he goes, oh, I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, they came to church. There's no hope for them. God doesn't do that. He sees the best in everybody. So therefore, if we're ministers or even if we're people that are going out and we're t sharing Christ to other people, we have to be love people first. And let's go to, uh, back to my go back to my notes here. And it said uh, the characteristics of love. So we love we love uh, learned that love is patient. We read that. So what does patience mean? Have you ever been in a situation somebody just tried your patience? I mean, you they tried your patience so much, you you made to turn to a whole different type of person. You know, if they say one more thing, I'm gonna go upside their head. And I've been there. I just put, you know, I work where I have to answer phone calls. So sometimes I have to be, I have to be very nice. So I give the company a nice face. But sometimes customers will drive you to a point where you like, if you say one more thing, I'm going to disconnect your service. And then I'm just going to hang up the phone. But how many know that's not a love walk? That's me walking out of love. And that's not being patient. Being patient means I'm staying the same way at all times. So it doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm going to stay persistent in who I am in Christ. I'm going to be persistent in loving you so you can say whatever you want to say. And I'm going to continue to love you no matter what you say or do. That's what being love is being patient. See, we take love. We have this thing where we think love is, you know, as long as they treat me right, then that's it. No, that's not what love is. Love has nothing to do with you, as a matter of fact. Love has everything to do with the other person. It's to benefit the other person and not yourself. But guess what? When everybody walks in love, everybody benefits. So he says love is kind. What does that mean? Love is what does that mean when he says love is kind? You know, love teaches us how to carry ourselves. It teaches us how our demeanor should be at all at all points. You know, I understand we all have attitudes. We all have Days where it's just not our day, you know, and we want to act a certain way. But love will help you remain kind to everybody. It doesn't matter what they've done to you. You will continue to stay kind because guess what? I'm going to tell you, it works. It really do work. I've, I've had people and God gave me this saying before. He said, you are not responsible for, for how other people treat you, but you're responsible for how you treat other people. So I, it doesn't matter how you decide to treat me. I have a, 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 a command by Jesus to love you regardless of how you treat me. And guess what? When you start loving people that way, they'll say, oh, my God, I never experienced such love like that. And they'll actually see God on the inside of you. And they'll actually want a relationship with God because they see you, this person that have the same type of flaws they have, the same type of attitudes or things they have to adjust and live by every day can remain kind in a situation like that. They'll, they'll see that there is a God and they'll want to have a relationship with him. It said love is not envious. It does not boast. It is not proud. Envy is, oh, envy, 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 envy. It is a, 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 envy is a detractor from God's love, and it's a, a detriment to anybody's love walk. Because if you're envious of somebody, and you're envious of the things that they have, number one, it'll make you start questioning God. Well, why they have this, and I don't have this? You know, and things don't mean anything. You know, I can have, 
a million dollars in the bank and still be bankrupt spiritually and not have anything. So when we look at things and we start envious, it's like, okay, God, what was up with you when you created me? Why didn't you, why didn't you give me what you gave them? And then you'll start thinking that God doesn't love you. And a lot of issues I've seen of people because they see things and they want to go after those things and they notice that they don't have those things. So then they say something is wrong with them. Nothing is wrong with you. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God does care for you and about your well-being. So you can't look at what other people have and get envious. You know who did that? How many heard the story of Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel. So Cain killed Abel. He was busy. You know, they're giving gifts. God loved Abel's gift. Instead of Cain saying, you know what? Next time, let me adjust what I'm doing. He got jealous and envious. Oh, God don't care about me. So you know what? I'm just going to forget it all and I'm going to kill Abel. Well, you know what? That was envy. That was envy distracting him and, det- and causing him not to see the love that God had for him. I mean, God created the whole world for them to live in. They had dominion over the air, the sea, over animals. What more could God have possibly given Cain that he could not see the love of God? It was envy because he wanted more. So we have to learn how to be content in the things that God has given us so that we don't start going after things and start, because the more you go after stuff, it's, you're, 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 you're never going to satisfy your appetite because you're going to want more stuff. I guarantee you, when the latest and greatest, I didn't have about five iPads. They didn't come out with a new one. Next, next week, I buy one. Then they came out with the other one. And I want the new one. Then the next week, they come out with another one. You can't keep up with Apple. Apple just, they do that on purpose. I really feel like they do it on purpose. But you try to keep up with that stuff, and then you just drive yourself crazy trying to keep up with stuff that doesn't matter to any, about anything. And it says love is not self-seeking. So last, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about relationships. And I said, you know, there's egoism and there's altruism. Egoism says... I'm going to love you, but what's in it for me? What am I going to get in return for being in this relationship with you? Altruism says, I love you regardless of what you do for me. I just love you for your own benefit. And you know who gave us that kind of love? Jesus gave us that kind of love. Let's look at that. Let's go to Romans 5.8. It said, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So when I think about that scripture, it's like, okay, he didn't wait for me to get my act together before he died for me. He died for me before I got my act together. So when we think about other people, when we think about walking in love with each other, it can't be based on trying to change the individual. You know, sometimes we do get in relationship. All right, if I just change them, they'll be all right. What if they never change? Some people have never changed. They're stuck in the way who they are, and it doesn't matter what you do. They're not going to change. You have to make a determination to, uh, to love them regardless if, of if they change or not. Because it's through love and kindness that God draw, drew us. It wasn't trying to tell you, you know, don't do this, don't do that, stop doing this, stop doing that. 
Nobody wanted to be involved with all of that. If you're telling me 1,500 rules on how to live, I'm going to run because it's like, okay, you got too many rules, you're a micromanager, and I don't, I don't want to be involved with that. But no, he loved me regardless of who I was and drew me through his love and kindness. He was still good to me even when I was not even thinking about who he was. He still was good to me. That's the God kind of love. God doesn't just say, you know what, you have to go to church for about five Sundays first. And then when you get to church, I need you to pray for about two hours every day. Then when you pray about two hours, I need you to read the Bible for about, uh, give me three hours on the Bible. You know, uh, there's, I used to go to some churches and they used to always say, you know, you can, you can go see the Titanic for three hours, but you can't stay in church for, for two. You know, and that's not how God loves us. He doesn't love with us giving us a guilt trip. He says, I love you regardless of who you are. I don't need you to do anything for me. I want to do it all for you. Isn't that a good God? He wants to do everything for you. He's not looking for you to do anything for him. That is a good God. And it's because we love God and it's because of our love for Christ and for God, we do things. We don't do things based on work. We don't do things to get God's love. We do things because God has already loved us. So therefore, we don't have to tell people, you know, when we're loving, you need to change first. Before I can even deal with you, you need to stop doing that, stop doing this, stop doing that. No, how about you just love them for where they're at and let them see the love walking you. And the things that they know they need to change, they'll change on their own. But nobody wants to be involved with somebody that's going to tell me I got to do this or I'm going to get this. You know, it's like being in an abusive relationship. If you're in a relationship and the person is, you know, got a gun up to your head or they're verbally abusive and then they say, tell me I love you. And then you say, oh, I love you because you love them and you're saying it because you're scared. That's not real love. That's fear. You're saying it because you're afraid you don't want to get hit upside your head. And that's not real love. And that's how sometimes we present God to people. If you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. And if you don't, you know, and then and then people, then they run to the altar then because they don't want to go to hell. You know, I don't want to go to hell, so, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get saved. And that's not, that was never the kind of relationship God wanted us to have with him. Never the kind of relationship he wanted us to have. He wanted us to come on his, our own accord. He wanted us, that was the whole reason why we have free choice and free will. To make a decision to love him on our own. Not for somebody to have to tell you, well, if you don't get this right, you don't get this right, you got hell to look forward to. No, that is not love. That's actually called manipulation. And God is not a manipulator. God doesn't have to manipulate anybody to do anything. If he wanted to do that, he could have just left heaven and earth. I mean, you know, he didn't have to create heaven and earth. He didn't have to create man if he wanted to do all of that. You know, I'm going to create man and then I'm going to make them love me. You know, I'm going to make them say they love me. Um, you know, if you don't do this, I'm going to strike you down. I used to be scared every day that God was going to strike me down for something. You, if I chew gum wrong, I was scared. Okay, God, I, I popped that gum a little bit too much this, today. Lord, forgive me. You know, but saying, Lord, forgive me for every little thing. And, you know, coming to the altar for every little thing. And I had to find out, you know, that's not a relationship with God. That is, I, I'm far from a relationship with God. I don't even know what his love is about because I'm scared that he's going to send me somewhere. And that's not what God's love is about. His love and his grace is, again, it is it's altruism. It's not based on what I do for him. It's all about what he does for me. And it means that all I have to do is believe and accept what he has already done for me. Then he said this. We learned that love does not keep any record of wrongdoing. Now, how many have friends 
<laughs> you know, you uh, you you say you forgive them, but then they do something right again. What I remember when you did this, uh, you did that, and you did this and that. That's keeping record of wrong. And guess what? You're not going to really heal from the situation if you're keeping up with it. Because you're keeping up with it as ammunition for something in the future. It means to really let it go. It means that I'm not going to bring it up no more. Yeah, I forgive you. You did that. But I'm going to give you the benefit of doubt and understand that you changed. And I'm not going to bring that up anymore. Because if you keep that over the person's life, guess what's going to happen? You're going to eventually stumble them from keeping them from growing. Because you're going to keep them in their past, keep bringing up stuff in the past. They can never get free of it. And God has not given us the spirit of fear. And he has not given us bondage to fear again. So we don't have to be afraid and we don't have to be kept in bondage trying to keep records of wrongdoing. And this is probably one of the, my favorite scriptures here to read. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 16. And it says this, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their heart and I will write them on their minds. Then he added their sins. I want everybody to read this. I'm going to read it out loud. Their sins and lawlessness acts, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Did you just catch what I just said? He said, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. So I don't know if you heard, you know, when we get to heaven, St. Peter going to be at the gate. He's going to pull up his list of people that's supposed to get into heaven. You know, it's like the Santa Claus list. You've been naughty, you've been nice. You've been naughty, you know, you got to go to the other gate. <laughs> you can't get in here. And that's keeping records wrong. Thank God that God does not keep record of every little wrong thing that we do. Because I, that just terrifies me to think the way we preach, that there's going to be a videotape playing all the stuff I done did wrong. It's like, Pastor Jay, you did that? Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you did that. And I'm up here preaching. That just, that doesn't, <laughs> that don't sound good at all. But I thank God that he does not remember that stuff. And, that, and you know what that does? It keeps them free to continue to walk in love with us. Oh, you stumbled. I don't remember it. You know what? You failed yesterday. I don't remember it. But we what we tend to do is keep it in this for in the forefront of his mind. But, you know, I jacked up so bad. God, he like, what you talking about? I don't even remember what you did. What did you do? You know, and we just keep rehearsing it. And some of us feel like we got to fast about 20 days before we're really free and clear of it. So, you know, I really jacked up. God, I'm trying to get back in your wheel. God, I'm sorry. You know, that is not the kind of relationship God wants with us. This is not. He doesn't keep any record of our wrong. That is a good thing. Grace is, is, is a free gift. It means I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to do anything for it. God just gave it to me because he loved me. So when we think about love, how many can say, you don't have to raise your hand. You can raise your internal hand. But how many can say before I said, you know, what love really is, we kind of had a, a, a different vision of what love is about. 
How many people say, you know, I really un have unconditional love for somebody. But think about that person you say you have unconditional love for. At what point does that love cut off? What can they do to make you say, you know what, I don't want to deal with you no more? It's, it, we have, some of us, I mean, we have that. I, I, honestly, and I'm just going to put myself up there, my mom can probably do something. And I'll say, you know what, I'm not going to talk to her about five or ten days because I don't want to deal with her. I still love her, but it'll pull me out of my love walk with her. Thank God we don't have a guy like that that say, you know what, I'm still upset with you from two months ago. So, you know what, you come talk to me a little later when I get over this, this particular thing. You know what that is? That's pride. Pride, it says to ourselves, you know what, you treat me a, a, the wrong way. And because you treated me the way I think I'm not supposed to be treated, I don't want anything to do with you. Love has no respect for pride. I'm going to tell you that now. And the way that is to make you feel good. It doesn't respect that because, you know, some people say love make you do crazy things or make you look like a fool sometimes. Sometimes it can. Because some people look at you, why on earth are you still involved with this person and Aiden did this stuff? Well, it takes the love of God to make you to do that, to help you do that. Now, sometimes you need to kind of understand some and understand when people need help, but you don't necessarily have to walk out of love with them. So love is not prideful. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not based on how I feel. So you may have made me upset one day, but it's not based on how, if I'm feeling, cause I'm happy. No, it's not based on that. Cause you're not going to feel happy every day when it comes to some people and there's some things that they do. Sometimes they're just going to, they're just going to get on your nerves and you're going to have to, you know, it's something you're going to have to deal with. I have to deal, you know, like I said, I deal with customers on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't want to talk to every customer. I don't want to talk to every customer. And I don't want to say, you know, thank you for calling so-and-so. This is Juwan speaking out, man, help you. I don't want to say that. Sometimes I just, you know, after about the hundredth call, I'm tired. But I can't let the customer know that. Why? Because they're paying their money to their company. And they need to feel like they're the first person to call that day. So when you walk in love with other people, you need to make them feel special. You need to make them feel like, you know what, God does value me. And they see that through your love walk. So as I close today, I just want to close on this. I want you to just remember uh, what God's love is for your life. God does not keep a record of your wrong. He doesn't keep record of what you've done in the past. God has given you a life that is free from bondage. He has given you a life that is full of grace. God wants to love on you. And you know what? Sometimes we are his biggest hindrance on loving on us. It's not that he wants, doesn't want to love on us. It's because we don't know how to receive his love. His love is so good to be true. We feel like, what do I have to do to get this love? And you know what has uh, trained us like that? Society. Society and the economics have trained us. You don't, there's nothing free. You know, my mom told me this, I, when I get stuff, oh, I got this for free. Oh, there's nothing free. Yes, God's love is free. God's love is so free that he didn't require for us to do anything but to receive his love. So if you're a person that is dealing with something in the past and past hurts, I just want you to just, you know, release it and, and rely on God's love. Trust that his love is there and he loves you through everything. Everything he's called you to is out of love. God doesn't place any fear in anything that he has called you to do. Any task that he has called you to do, you don't have to be afraid because he's equipped you to do it. He called you because he loved you. And he know that you have the gift to get whatever it is he's called you to get done. 
So I'm going to close my message, and I just want to go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, free and clear of any debts that we owe, God. But you gave him as a ransom for us, God. And we just receive that love, and we receive your grace, Lord, and we receive your love on a day-to-day basis. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit would show us how to walk in love with one another so that we can see your kingdom come on earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.